Welcome to the Next Level Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, the results manifestation coach for women. I am on a mission to help women just like you to break through your limiting beliefs, your old programming and paradigms to truly manifest a life that you want, not what everyone else in your world and in society tells you that you should have, but what you want. You are in for such a treat because what we're going to be doing in this show is to help you unlock the secrets to manifesting that life. Where those secrets exist, they exist in your mind. And our goal through these episodes is to really help you unlock the secrets to take your life to the next level to manifest a life that you love. So whether you want more money, more freedom, to have more impact, better relationships, you want better help, happiness, whatever your goal is, we are here to support you in achieving it. Tune in to this podcast every single week like it's your job, because I promise you, it's going to create massive change in your life. So let's do this. But I did recover. I got a great doctor. I fixed the TMJ. No problems. Again, I had a great doctor that actually worked with me on um, uh, playing little video games with helping my brain and words uh, associate again. And I was back. And I went, now what do I do with my life? Okay. And so I did do some multimedia. I ended up writing a couple of books on that, and multimedia and wireless and articles and all of that. And then I thought, okay, now where am I going to go with all this? What am I doing? I'm not, you know, I'm not really, on one side, I am a techie. On the other side, I'm really more artistic. How do I blend those together? What are these that can do? And so I go into the hospital again back in 2007 with a horrible colon abscess. And they think they're going to have to operate. And they end up in some cubbyhole in St. John's Hospital, great hospital. Elizabeth Taylor and all those famous people went there. but. I'm in the wrong room at the wrong time, and, and it's just craziness. People are coming in, coming out. They got a storage unit in there, whatever, and finally, I just, okay, I recovered. I didn't have to have the operation. I went home. I'm taking some horrible pills that I finally decided to stop because they were not helping me, and they were making me feel horrible. Turn on Oprah, and Oprah's got Jack Hempfield on, and some of the people from the Law of Attraction. This is when The Secret was first launching. And I went, oh, yeah, I've, I've heard about that book. And Lisa Nichols, who's one of the people from The Secret and also a great coach, uh-huh. uh, speaker, was speaking. And she said something about owning a vision board. I don't think she had it with her. She might have. And Oprah said, yeah, I've always thought about when getting one of those. And I thought, where's the book on vision boards? I immediately start to, uh, I guess I didn't have the Internet. Yeah, I had the Internet, sure. And so I, I pull up the Internet. and. Uh, don't see a book on Amazon. Go to the library, the Venice Library the next day. Don't see that. Uh, any books about vision boards. A couple on the design and, and murals and, and symbols and all that, but no book on vision boards. So I go, okay, I'm going to write that book. And so I draft up the book, um, some ideas and things. And I thought, well, now here's the thing most people kind of goop up is I didn't write the whole book. So I figured, well, you know, I think probably the book publisher is going to tell me what they want. 
you know, if I write something, I'll spend the next six months writing and I'm not getting paid for it. So let's see if I can sell it as is, right? And I learned that from the film business is you sell the idea and then they pay you in advance to write the movie script. And I went, okay, let me see what I do it in the book business. I knew one friend of mine who was writing romance books and I called her up and I said, Clara, who's your agent? And she said, uh, so-and-so. And she said, she has sold a thousand books. And I said, well, my heaven. I look at her website and it talks about having a vision. And I'm going, oh, this is the lady. This is it. So out of nowhere, I call her up. Hi, my friend of Clara's. Oh, hello. Didn't know they were a little frosty there. Okay. I'm George Schwartz. I have a great idea for a book. And okay, who's involved with it? And I go, like, Bob Crockett, Jerry Canfield. <laughs> and all the people from The Secret. Okay. Well, I had hired Jack at another point in my life when I was just getting into that high-tech world at the first Los Angeles computer fair where I was hired to produce the fair. And I think I paid him like five grand back in the old days to do a talk about chicken soup in this hall. Nobody showed up. Very few people. It was too early. Nobody knew what it was. They thought it was about chicken soup. And then I had the next seminar, which was about multimedia and the future of computers. And I had like 200 people in standing room only. And so he says, you know, I got to have, you got to help me next time. I said, okay. I said, you still get your trick anyway. He said, yeah. So I called him up and I said, hey, Jack, I don't know if you remember me. Oh, yeah, I remember that computer fair. You had 200 people. I said, yeah, I did. I said, but you've done really well. How uh, would you like to uh, contribute to the book? And he said, yes. And then a couple of weeks later, I was able to go to a Bob Proctor event at the airport in Los Angeles. And I said, uh, so uh, Bob Proctor, would you like to contribute to the book? And he said, I'm a big believer in vision boards. Yes. And uh, then it kind of fell into place. Marie Diamond was great help to me. I went to another conference in Vegas and she offered to buy me breakfast, which was wonderful. And so I basically ended up with about six teachers of the, of the secret, but 75 other 50 to 75 other experts, Olympians and singers and entertainers and all kinds of people like that. They talked about their vision for their life and uh, for the vision boards that they had. And so I was able to use those. I put an open call out on Etsy. We all know Etsy, E-T-S-Y, which is for handcrafted goods. And a couple of people wrote me back in snotty notes. Once again, I'm showing that not always easy. Snotty notes saying, you're a scam. What are you going to do? You want us to tell how how we write our vision boards and then they're going to what expose us and sell us a bunch of junk. And I said, no, 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 it's for a book. I have the deal with the book. Ah, sure you do. Sure you do. And finally, one woman who was originally from Cleveland, Ohio area, where I am, she uh, said, okay, I'll do it. So Janet did it. And then some other people followed. And then I got someone else who said that they would make a call for me. And we started having, we actually nominated the book for a uh, Pulitzer prize because it was one of the only books that was crowdsourced at the time, all sorts of people contributing. And uh, oh, along the way, yeah, that was it. I got the agent and the agent helped me write the what's called the book proposal, which is a, a um, 12 to 15 page outline of what the book's going to talk about chapter by chapter, how you're going to market the book, who the expert's going to be in it, who's going to endorse it, all of that kind of goodies. And uh, then she said, okay, look, we've got several companies I'm going to pitch it. I said, you want me to come to New York? I can come. No, 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 just stay where you are. I said, okay, I'll have to trust her. I could come to New York. I could sell it. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. She says, no, no, no. I'll do it. <laughs> She's the agent. And uh, 
she ended up getting a deal, it looked like, with Grand Central Books or New Library or one of the companies like that. And she said, I think we've got a deal. And then she, it was over July 4th weekend, and then she wrote back on Monday, nope, that's not going to work. They have closed their offices and they've merged with another company. So once again, I'm like, I'm at square one. Oh no, maybe this isn't meant to be. And, but let's try a few more. I said, okay. And nothing happens most of July in New York, most of August, as things go, nothing, nothing happens. I think it was Rosh Hashanah weekend, late September. I get an email out of nowhere. I haven't heard from the agent in a couple of weeks. She was on vacation or doing something with family. Uh, email said, hi, we're from, I'm the publisher of uh, Harper Design Books, and I want to offer you a deal. And so I scroll down. Remember, I'm not her the agent. I scroll down, and I say, oh, that is a very nice number they're offering me for an advance. I got a $100,000 advance. So I went, whoo! You know, and uh, the agent gets 15% and you don't get it all at once and you have to be able to get the book sold enough in the paperback, in the hardback, which you didn't have there. You had the paperback, Dr. Lisa. Um, so we ended up uh, going to paperback, which was great. We sold over 50,000 copies, went to paperback and ended up selling almost 100,000 books. And along the way, I decided that I would work with people so that they could get coached by People that were had, knew about the history of vision boards, knew about how they dated back to the uh, drawings in caves. I was going to say Siobhan in uh, France, but now we know that actually there were cave drawings in Indonesia. It just came up this last mm -hmm. week. So pretty awesome to see that whole history of how people were literally visioning before they went out for their uh, hunting trips or before they moved to a new territory. It wasn't afterwards. They weren't like, well, I got two buffaloes or putting little dashes or anything. No, they were actually envisioning this, using the ancient art of visioning, of looking at the future and creating the best possible life for yourself. And uh, the whole first chapter of the book is called Visioning. And uh, we're going to give my email later. But uh, if people want to email me, listeners of your show or, or, or uh, viewers, I'll give them a free chapter. The first chapter, I think, is so important. It does have uh, 100 color vision boards in there, which is totally awesome. So you can get to see other people's vision boards and how they actually take their, from this thought process of visioning and imaging and move that into actual pictures. And from the pictures, that becomes a, basically a map for your life, kind of your GPS for your life, for the next stages in your life with the best possible outcome. And uh, I think that that's an important thing to do is that there's always, when you're actually looking at that future, you want the best possible outcome or something better. Because you may not. I didn't think that day when I went down to USC that I would get in that afternoon. But I just kept going. And uh, I guess that's part of the thing you learn in being in Los Angeles is uh, how many times I would get lost going around to the studios or driving or whatever. And uh, you're late, you're late, you're stuck on the freeway. I would just show up anyway. And if I was late, sometimes I got kicked out. Sometimes I was able to just go in. Great story about Steven Spielberg and how he got on the lot at Universal. He, uh, he, he knew a lot of people, but he really didn't know a lot of people at the studios. Uh, he had a student film, XX or whatever it was, sci-fi film. And people liked it, but nobody really came through with a job offer. And he didn't really want a job anymore, he wanted to do his own films. 
So what he did is he goes over to Universal Studios. And of course, that if many of you have gone to Universal Studios in Los Angeles, um, up in Universal City, or gone to a similar one in um, uh, Florida at uh, Disney World. And he goes up there and there's a whole tour and everything. You get all these rides and all this cool stuff. Back to the Future ride and all that. And he uh, goes up to, uh, drives up a little big, I think it was a little VW. And the guard said, where are you going, sir? He says, oh, I'm going to the uh, store to buy some uh, T-shirts for my nephews. Okay, well, you've got to park over there. And you're going to have to take a little tram because you're paying on the real lot. You know, you can just go to that store. Okay, fine. Can you give me a pass? Well, usually you don't need a pass. But okay, here's a pass. And so he immediately, what, drives around the lot. <laughs> he sees somebody taking a whole bunch of stuff out of one of the trailers. Okay. And a lot of the uh, companies at uh, the studios actually have trailers that they work on. If we've seen the makeup trailer and all of that, but they actually work in, in a, you know, RV kind of vehicle. Not quite as beautiful, but anyway. So he sees people carrying computers and typewriters and all this. And he goes, hmm, where'd they go? Well, he's sitting in his car listening to his radio, kind of watching this. And they're wondering what this idiot's doing over there. But they go, ah, it's probably lost. And uh, so... It's almost to be closing time, five o'clock business-wise. He gets out of his car and he goes up there, carries some books with him and things like that in a computer bag. And he figures if anybody asks him, he's going to say he was going to fix the computers, right? So he didn't know they closed up. And he opens it up and they've still got a desk and they've got electric. And he goes, huh. Takes uh, one of, uh, I don't know if he took a business card or what, something that showed that he was actually in the office. And the next day he comes in and the guy goes, Oh, you were here yesterday getting t-shirts. Yeah, and I ran into this guy, and he offered me a chance to work in his trailer, and I'm working here now. Okay, well, here's your pass. Here's your drive-on pass. Too early. Got in too early to call that office. Well, I have no problem. I'll call Joe later, I know. He used that office and suddenly started his film business there. So there is a certain amount of chutzpah. There's a certain amount of just going for it. And each time, once again, breaking that first no, each time you're told no, or the universe says no, you just roll with it. You constantly roll with it. And it's tough when I know a lot of you've gone through recent divorces or you've gone through, well, look, at we've gone through COVID. Maybe you lost family. Maybe you lost money. Uh, maybe you lost your house in the crazy mortgage market. And I've worked with people from the studios where I'm doing my coaching. I do career coaching too, and the vision, life visioning coaching where they've just literally gotten fired from Paramount Studios. They were right on the set working on a wonderful film and or series, and it was canceled. You see all this stuff. Cancel culture, what a cancel culture. So there, they come over to me, take an appointment, and somebody recommends them. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm canceled. I'm carrying all the stuff in a box. I got the box in the backseat of my car. I said, okay, so where are we going next? What do you mean where I'm going? I, I need to grieve this. I said, well, you can grieve it. Yeah, you got the weekend to grieve it. Let's go. What's your next step on Monday? Well, maybe we want to take a trip. Where are you going to go? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? I want to do what I was doing before. Okay, let's see how we can do it. And, you know, that's it, is, is taking that next step, uh, continuing to take this step. Maybe I like to think it's not a baby step. In the uh, preface to the book or the introduction of the book, I talk about taking a leap. I'm not going to bother reading it now, but you'll see it. And uh, the idea of, of actually leaping forward, of uh, having that sense of faith and 
I love this Bob Proctor quote. Most people are extras in their own movie. And we've got to remember, we do produce, direct, and act in our own lives. Right. And this is something that most of us forget, especially women, after we've had some real challenges or setbacks or big setbacks, maybe. Maybe you had to quit your job during this COVID thing. Maybe you lost your business, you know, on and on and on. Um, but you can come back and you're not starting over. You're starting better. That's kind of my story. So the book was published in 2008. Uh, I went out and promoted it. We had uh, the first interview was uh, with uh, Fox News. So we were on, oh, wow, so many TV shows um, and news uh, shows and blogs and AOL and uh, just lots and lots of, of coverage for the book and really started helping people. In May of that year, I started the certification for a coach program. I uh, started with seven people. And have grown in that time, well, we've got 13 years here. So we have grown to 475 certified vision board coaches around the world who help people to create their vision boards. And then the most important part is live the board. How can you live the board? And the biggest thing we have, we do a little retreat once a year, is people really don't know how they would live their board. They go, right. well, I don't have the money. I, I, I've got three kids. I've got a, a mortgage. I just lost my house. How can I live it? You know, and uh, I'll give a quick example is that uh, say you want to go and you'd love to go to France. You'd love to hopefully live in France for a month or a year or whatever. You got two little kids. Uh, you don't even have a car. What can you do? Well, start living that vision. How can I do that? Well, it's going to sound a little goofy. It's going to sound a little corny go to youtube and decide where you want to go to france look at some videos of paris see some old movies maybe the old black and white elizabeth taylor last time i was in paris the woody allen paris movie see if you want to go to tuscany instead see if you want to go in the uh, con where the film festival is what really strikes your fancy what hits you in the gut what hits you in the heart the first career comes from our heads or our parents' heads who say, you got to do this, you got to do that. You got to put bread and butter on the table, as cliche as that sounds. You've got to uh, get the lawyer degree because your father was a lawyer. Uh, you've got to be a teacher. Your mother was a teacher. Got to back up here and uh, the second career and moving on forward. And I don't use the word career anymore. These are actually uh, income streams and uh, that lay it that allow you to live what lifestyle. So the most important thing is deciding what kind of lifestyle you want to have. Do you want to have a nine to five job that's steady? What's steady nowadays? We've shown with COVID, right? Right. You might not be able to check that box anymore. Well, do you want to help people out and have an orphanage that you run? Yes. Well, do you have some philanthropist or people are going to well, no, when I win the lottery, well, what if you don't win the lottery? How could you do this? Could you do some volunteer work? And um, I don't know, I went to uh, Guatemala in the uh, hills um, with the tribes in Guatemala. Could you volunteer? Could you work with Tom's Shoes, where they give one pair of shoes away to orphanages and to third world countries? Could you go out there and volunteer? Well, how will I do with my kids? I said, well, a lot of times they let you take the kids uh, with you. Well, okay. So 
you start opening up. Most of us don't even think of what's possible because we can't imagine. I was a little girl growing up in Cleveland. I didn't know that people owned stores. I thought some big, massive corporation up there owned all the stores in the world. They own the makeup, but they own, I'm trying to think of ones that are still alive, Bloomingdale's. But people actually own stores. Well, that was a big reveal for me. People had their own businesses. Well, that was a big reveal because my father worked for General Motors and he, he got out of 55, retired early, got his little parachute and was very happy. But uh, I thought, well, that's not for me. And so I have this very clear vision that I would work with the coaches around the world. I would create, I suppose, my motto. We could talk about motto in our courses. What is your motto? And what were you raised by? I was raised by this uh, money doesn't grow on trees and life isn't a bowl of cherries. And uh, so you change your model. You reframe your thinking. And how do you do that? By obviously reading positive books and all that, but it's by immersing yourself as close as possible into your vision. Say you want to, um, okay, you want to do the French thing? Well, start taking up French cooking. Well, I don't have the money to do French cooking. Sure you do. Uh, do you know what it takes to make uh, French uh, cream puffs? I don't know how to say it in France, but how do you do it? Well, you take some flour, you take some butter, and you stir it on the stove, and you add some uh, vanilla. I don't need a, a mix or something. No, you don't. You could be making French cooking tonight. How about French fries? Well, that's not really French. Well, it's a start. <laughs> and then uh, maybe you take a meetup class, which is free. And it's French. And maybe you go online and go to one of the language sites. And you exchange English lessons for French lessons with someone. You've done all this in one weekend. Whew. You know, and you really figure, yeah, but, you know, still can't pay the rent. Still can't pay the electric. Well. There's eBay out there. Let's see what you can sell. Oh, I don't use eBay. Maybe I'm bad people. No, no, no. They have to be recommended. You get they rated, all of that. You even use Facebook Marketplace. People have to pay you in advance. And then what you do is just leave it on the porch for them. What? I don't have to open the door. No, you're selling a pressure cooker. You've never used it. You know, it's very trendy to use a pressure cooker. Well, I'll sell it for 20 bucks. Well, maybe I bet it's 30 because i got to pay that electric bill. Okay. And uh, they take, you take PayPal and work that out or got some other system with them on the phone. They come pick up the pressure cooker. You're already paid and you've got your 30 bucks to pay the electric bill. Wow. People don't really think they use that left brain, which is the analytical one, for worrying about how it's not going to happen. They use the right one, which is the, the uh, more creative side, for daydreaming. Well, what if? Oh, no, can't do that, Joyce. What if? Nope, not going to happen, Dr. Lisa. What if? <laughs> and it goes back and forth. And you get so confused. You just go, I want to take a nap. You know? <laughs> and so that's how we actually show people. We have a great formula called grabs. And it's like your new life is up for grabs. It all starts. Here's that one chip you were talking about, Dr. Lisa. The uh, all starts with gratitude. Being grateful for what we have. And people go, I'm going to be grateful. I said, look, when I was doing this book, I thought this is a good idea. How can I find someone that's in a really tough situation that's grateful? And all of a sudden, I was watching something on YouTube, and I saw some lady who's living in a, a back of a VW bus or something. She's in a trailer park, and she couldn't pay her next whatever rent for the trailer park. 
And so she decides to start making bracelets. And then she decides, well, I'm really grateful. She had that little, you know, flea market in there way before COVID. Uh, flea market in there. She sells 20 bucks the first day. Well, then they, she goes, well, I can go down the road. I've got gas now. I'll go to the next flea market. Starts that. Somebody says, well, I'm so grateful for your bracelets. They're just beautiful. I'm giving them to friends who you're selling them at, what, $5 or two for 10 and four for four for 20? Oh, that's really great. Well, four for 20, four for five is 20, mm -hmm. you know, getting a deal. Well, anyway, she says, I'm just so grateful. People were using that word over and over. Finally, she says, I give up. I'm going to call them gratitude bracelets. And so there's actually a picture of them in the book. And there she was living out of this back of a, and she was no young kid. She must have been in her 70s. And not that that's old anymore. And uh, she was selling these beautiful gratitude bracelets. Eventually, of course, with, you know, all these people that were in their mobile homes, they were traveling a lot and they couldn't keep all the stuff with them. And people at flea markets would come up and say, hey, I've got these old farms, Charmberley's rooms in college, or can you put them in? And so then she started making these bracelets that kind of were little mini vision boards in the way. You can see them. You know, they'd take a trip. There'd be a, a charm for the Eiffel Tower. It'd be a charm for an airplane or whatever. And there she was. She ended up having her own little business, sharing a shop with somebody in Sedona, Arizona. And I haven't checked with her lately, but I mean, a great story of, you know, the opportunities there. You just decide what you want to do. And you just go for it. What would be the worst case scenario? She doesn't sell any of the bracelets that day. Okay. Maybe she gives one away to somebody and says, hey, can you be my ambassador? Well, uh, yeah, sure. Can you show the bracelet off to people? Are you sure? Just give me this bracelet, expensive bracelet, $20. Well, it wasn't 20 but that sign was there. And uh, oh, go ahead, please. Here's some, some business cards or some flyers that she had. Next thing you know, the lady brings in a bunch of people. So that's really over and over and over. It doesn't always go like clockwork. There are going to be times that you have real setbacks. But there'll be times where the doors will continue to open. There will be revolving doors. There will be uh, doors that uh, get locked on you. And, you know, when the door closes, there's a window that opens. Of course, the one thing I always say, and I know it's a little colloquial, is that it's hell in the hallway. So making that decision of where you're moving forward. Uh, yes, I am going to actually start the Dr. Lisa podcast. And I'm starting right away, November 2nd. You said, okay, there you are. So I think I've talked your ear off. but uh, So fascinating. Oh, what a gift. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Joyce. Wow. You, <laughs> I'm blown away. What an adventurous life already. Wow. Wow. So tell us again, uh, what's the best way to contact you? Are you still training people to be vision board yes. Yes. coaches? Our next class is November 11th. It's uh, becoming a certified vision board coach. You can see it on Eventbrite. You can follow me on Facebook. It's George Schwarz, S-C-H-W-A-R-Z. You can email me at Joyce Schwarz. J-O-Y-C-E-S-C-H-W-A-R-Z, no T, at gmail.com. And remember, I'm going to give you that first chapter of the book. I'll send it to you on a PDF that you can easily open up. I'll explain how to do that if you don't know. And yeah, so we've got uh, classes starting November 11th. Uh, I continue to do uh, my consulting uh, business in PR and marketing. I do individual consulting for people. 
on a four-week basis. I don't believe in anything longer than 12 weeks. I feel if you haven't made the progress in 12 weeks to the next level, talking about moving forward, um, that you really need to go back and look at, do I have emotional problems? Do I have physical problems? Do I have mental problems? What is it stopping me? Okay. Besides um, knowing how to do it. Right. Oh, all that we'll put in the show notes as well. So <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Well, it's great to uh, see you and hear you. And uh, I look forward to seeing the video. And yes. Uh, people on my, on my, uh, pages and on my um, messenger and really look forward to uh, great good luck and fortune for you and lots of angels to surround you. Thank and you. People to open doors for you. And I know you've worked so hard in the medical field that you could bring all of that uh, now uh, to others and uh, maybe get a little celebration for yourself too. Absolutely. Hold on, Joyce. I want to I have a couple words with you. Let me just tell our listeners. Thank you so much. And until next time, much love. Hey, before you go, I hope that you loved this episode. I would love it if you could do me two quick favors. First, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Woman. That way, you will get notified when the new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe to follow us. The other thing that I would love for you to do is to join us in my Next Level Manifestation Facebook group. This is an awesome place off the podcast platform where you can ask questions. I do free trainings and share very helpful resources there too. You're going to love it. And it's a great place to also find other women who are going after big dreams and getting great results. Links are in the show notes or go to lisahart.com, L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com. 